In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Please be seated. When I was a child, I grew up in a neighborhood with lots of kids. There were five children in my family, and there were five children in the Patterson family who lived up the street. And then there were various and sundry others. So we always had a lot of kids running around playing some kind of game. One of our favorites was dodgeball. We would stretch a garden hose across the middle of someone's lawn, preferably one without trees. We would line up balls on the hose, everything from soccer balls to basketballs to footballs. And then we would take our places on the driveway edges on either side of the lawn and wait for the whistle that would turn us loose on each other. We also played a lot of games with china berries. This was because china berry trees were ubiquitous on our street. We would collect them into old coffee cans, choose up teens, and bean each other in china berry wars. But our perennial favorite game to play during the long nights of summer was hide and seek. Hide and seek felt adventurous and daring because we had to wait until it was good and dark to begin, which in summer is pretty late. Many of us had to get permission from our folks to be out that late. Kids would disperse into the dark neighborhood from a home base, which was the porch of one of our homes. The porch light was on and it served as a beacon of safety for all of those who were hiding. We would crouch in our hiding place in the dark, a little frightened because things are always a little scarier in the dark, and watch the action around the light. We would, when circumstances seemed in our favor, leave our hidden places. We would skirt the dark, waiting for the opportune moment to make a break for it, trying to reach the safety of the lighted porch before the person who was it tagged us. I recalled this as I read our passage from John this week. Light and darkness are big themes for John. He begins his gospel by identifying Jesus Christ, the Word of God, with the light. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. This theme of light is even more explicit in chapter 8, where Jesus tells us, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. For John, light represents the presence of God and the acceptance of the life that Christ offers. Darkness and night represent God's absence and our rejection of that gift. So with this understanding of light and darkness in John, let's look at our passage for today. It would be easy for us to be confused by this passage. Nicodemus is surely confused. Nicodemus, a Pharisee and a leader of the religious establishment, sneaks out at night under cover of darkness to ask Jesus about his signs and authority. Jesus speaks to him of being born again and of the Holy Spirit that blows where it will. When Nicodemus says that he doesn't understand, Jesus goes into this eight-verse discourse that is chock full of explanation of God's mission, the Son of Man, God's motivation and salvation and judgment. But in a nutshell, what Jesus tells us is that it is out of God's love for us that Jesus has been given. That God loves not just us, but the whole world. And that God does not come to judge us, but to save us. 
Any judgment we experience comes not from God, but from how we receive God's revelation in Jesus. To illustrate how our refusal to accept God's love and grace in Jesus is its own judgment, Jesus uses the illustration of light and darkness. And this is the judgment, he says, that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. We intuitively understand this relationship of light to goodness and dark to, well, if not evil, then not goodness. Crimes tend to be committed in the dark. Indiscretions are carried out in the dark. I can't tell you how many times I told my kids, nothing good happens after midnight. (laughs) This understanding of wrongdoing and its relationship to darkness is underscored by our reaction to blatant and shameless misdeeds. He did it in broad daylight, we say, and we are appalled. We like to think that we are of the light. We sing the hymn, we just sang it, I want to walk as a child of the light. And at the end of each refrain, we invite, shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. But do we really want Jesus to shine in our hearts? The thing about the light of Christ is that it is a revealing light. It shows things as they are. It's not the soft light of makeup mirrors and old Hollywood close-ups. It allows nothing to be concealed, nothing to be disguised. It reveals us in our nakedness and our brokenness and our smallness. Sometimes it feels safer in the dark. Some of us have stuff, secrets, sins, relationships that we don't want brought into the light. We have aspects of our lives that we'd rather not deal with, that we'd rather not have God speak into. We fear the light because it illumines those parts of us we would rather keep hidden. Sometimes it's easier for us to remain in the shadows than to face those parts of ourselves that are in need of the revealing light of Christ. We can see this struggle between light and dark in Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes by dark to talk in secret to the light of the world. In Nicodemus, we see this tension between the familiarity and hiddenness of our darkness and our attraction from a place deep within us to the light. Each of us lives in this tension. Unlike that childhood game of hide-and-seek where once you made it safely to the light of home base, you are safe forever, we find ourselves moving back and forth. We are indwelt by both light and darkness. Jesus invites us to live in the light, to offer the dark parts of ourselves to God for redemption and transformation. He wants all of us, our darkness and our light. We can't hold out that which is good to the light, but keep that which is darkness hidden behind our backs. We experience judgment in our response to this invitation, in our willingness or our unwillingness to bring it all into the light.
We are now four weeks into our Lenten journey. We are far enough in to have lost our initial enthusiasm around any disciplines that we might have undertaken, and yet far enough away from Easter that we have not yet begun to look with anticipation toward the empty tomb. Here in the deep, dark center of Lent, we are being invited to reflect on how we are allowing Christ to shine his light in our life. In the shadows of your life, is there a broken relationship that is in need of repair? In the dark corners of your heart, is there an unhealthy compulsion that needs restraint? Do we resist the change to which we're called, fearful of the impact it will have on our comfortable lives that have been laid out just so? It is a scary thing to bring all of ourselves into Christ's revealing light. But here's another thing to know about the light of Christ. It is a healing light. When we accept Christ's invitation to live in his light, all of our brokenness and darkness is indeed revealed. But it is in fully revealing ourselves that Christ's healing can begin in our lives. He heals our pain and our smallness, our compulsions and our fears. And Christ's light is a guiding light. When we choose to come out of our shadows and live in his light, he reveals to us the path on which we are to walk. Later in this gospel, Jesus says, those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. It is in living in Christ's light, trusting in his love for us, that we lay hold of the salvation that he offers. When we examine ourselves, confess our sins, and allow the light of Christ to shine into the deepest cracks and fissures of our souls, we are purified and cleansed and freed from bondage to live the abundant and eternal life Christ promises. Then we're able to become vessels of Christ's light to others. Then we become his light in the dark places of the world. Amen.